Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we're talking trail cameras. So Jeff and I talk about some of the the strategies we use for trail cameras, what we use them for, how we use them, things like that. So, you know, trail cameras have, I'm sure, uh, have become a integral part of, uh, uh, you know, of people's hunting strategy and, and just part of enjoying the outdoors. And so we talk through some things that we do with them that uh, might be different, might be the same as, as what you guys are using them for, but uh, just some ideas on, on trail camera usage and and how to get the most out of them. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub is a deer feed company, and they make a really great deer feed. So they've got their signature monster whitetail grub feed, which is a it's a high protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in. You can get all kinds of different additives added into it. They've got flavored corn, which takes just your standard corn. Everybody knows deer like corn and kicks it up a notch, turns it into a long range attractant. So they've got those two big options and then just your straight loose mineral. So anything you anything you need they've got it check them out monster whitetail grub go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors there you'll find a link to get in touch with them there may be a retail location near you where where they carry it i know they've been getting in more and more retail stores so check that out otherwise you can order direct from them so with that let's get into our conversation Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so trail cameras. Everybody's... Uh, well, I don't know about everybody's, but uh, it seems like, you know, maybe the Internet's favorite hunting gadget. Uh, I know I enjoy looking at pictures, seeing what's out there. It's a, you know, it's a fun way to kind of interact with the outdoors, deer hunting, other critters when hunting season's not in. I know, you know, dad's already been... Uh, got his camera out and been sending us pictures of deer and bucks and velvet and fawns and i actually don't have any cameras out at the moment but uh we thought we'd talk cameras today jeff do you have any cameras out right now no i was about to say the same thing is oddly you know usually i run cameras throughout the whole year basically okay um and i Took all my cameras, you know, out of the woods. Uh, oh, I don't know when that was. Early summer. Uh, we got a lot of flooding. Mm. And I had cameras. Basically, they I don't think they would have gotten damaged by the flooding, but... I wouldn't have been able to access them because of the flooding. Gotcha. You know, there, there would have been a foot of water there and a raging river between me and them. <laughs> so I went and grabbed them and haven't put them back out. I need to get them put back out because I don't know. Apparently there's rumors of a bear in my area. Oh, really? Yeah. Some guy who lives right down the road, less than a mile posted to our community page that he's, he saw a bear and um, I don't know. I find it hard to believe, but 
probably should have some trail cameras out if there if there is a bear around. I definitely would like to to catch a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing. I need to get some cameras out. I don't, you know, at home. I've run cameras at home before, but it, you know, it never really amounts to much. I, you know, I've only got two and a half acres, most of which is yard. Uh, you know, it butts up to a farm field, which I now have permission to hunt. So I was going to put some cameras up back there. There again, it's mostly field. It's, it's, uh, he's got it planted in beans again this year. He's planted it in beans, beans and or winter wheat every year since we've lived here. But, uh, there's, you know, there's another field next to this field. So there's a little tree row, but it's, you know, it's not like an overgrown, you know, you can easily see from one field to the next, you know, it's not like a big, thick 50 yard wide tree row or, or, you know, it's just a more or less a line between the two fields. Uh, the other side does butt up to woods, uh, you know, a, a private property over there. I hear a, a like on a, I would say five to six days a week. I hear dirt bikes, ATVs running over there. They run, I'm sure they've got some kind of track or something built over there. And so it's common to hear that. So I don't know how much, you know, activity from that direction of the field I would see, but there is back in the corner. There's a, there's a pond and, and, uh, a little block of woods there where it's too wet, you know, kind of where the water feeds into this pond and it's too wet to, to plant. So I was thinking about putting a camera back there, maybe in the corner of this field where, it, you know, there's kind of a couple fields there that come together just to see what, uh, see what's around. And I don't, Jake's not on the episode today. He's actually on vacation, but, I don't think he's got cameras out at the moment either. They're they're doing construction on it. You know, they've started his new house, so they're doing construction over there, or at least I think last <laughs> last update I heard they were supposed to have started over there. So uh, yeah, well, I think Jacob also had a problem with like every trail camera that he owns just all happened to break at the same time. Yeah. So I think he's pretty limited on his trail camera stock. I think also he was telling me that he he's got a trail camera somewhere in the woods. He just doesn't know where because it (laughs) disappeared. (laughs) You know, he thought that he had all of his trail cameras in and then realized that he was missing one. So now he thinks he has one in the woods somewhere. He just doesn't know where. Oh, so he's not he's not even sure if it's on his property. It might be like down south. Yeah, it or... might might be yeah, down down south or at our grandparents. He doesn't know. Gotcha. So he's got one that's got some mystery photos on it somewhere. Yeah. Which that's always fun. I thought I had one like that, but then I ended up finding it in my house. Oh, okay. You know, it was one of those things where I Well, what I'm pretty sure what happened was I when that flood was coming, I was worried about going out and snagging it up. So I snagged it up and then I didn't put it away. And I just, you know, threw it somewhere. And then, you know, months later, I opened that drawer and it's like, oh, hey, here's my trail camera I was missing. Gotcha. Yeah, I. Do you do anything special? Like, do you take any kind of special precautions with trail cameras to keep them in working order? Or do you just put them out and use them? Uh, mostly just put them out and use them. I mean, I, I try not to use my trail cameras if it in like midsummer, at least not a lot because the heat and bugs get to them. Okay. 
Um, you know, because I don't know what it is about trail cameras, but ants love trail cameras. Huh. And if you have them out, you know, midsummer, the the ants get into them and sometimes, you know, destroy them. You know, they get in there and build nests or whatever, and you know, it shorts them out. Yeah. And then I try not to use my trail cameras a ton in the really cold months. I mean, if it's still deer season, you know, it's January or it's still that first week of February, you know, I will still run them. Yeah. But usually after deer season, I get them out of the woods so that they're not sitting out in the extreme cold and ice. So typically avoid the extreme heat and the extreme cold. Yeah. That's about the same I I do. The other thing I heard, this was years ago now, you know, it was just one of those like snippets from something, whether it was a YouTube video, podcast, something, I don't know. But I think it was one of the, the Drury's said that they had talked to, because I think they use Reconyx cameras, they had talked to somebody at Reconyx on like, you know, what's the best tip to make cameras last? And mm-hmm. they had said, you know, whoever the engineer there or whatever had told them that you got to be careful about like impact. You can't bang them around. And so uh-huh. I, you know, like I said, that's just one of those things that true or not, I, you know, that, that, like I said, that was years ago, but since then I've been more careful, I guess, you know, I don't throw them in the back of the truck and let them rattle around back there. I don't, you know, uh-huh. I'm pretty, I don't know, ginger, uh, you know, with my, yeah. with my cameras, as far as like, you know, putting them on a tree, I don't, you know, throw the strap around there and yank that thing tight and have it bang into the tree and you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, I just try to be gentle with them, I guess. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, I don't usually, I mean, I kind of beat my cameras up and I probably shouldn't, but now that you, you mention it, it's like, yeah, I know I, you know, I beat mine up pretty, pretty well. Yeah. You know, throw it around a tree, kind of let it, I mean, I'm not smashing it, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not treating it like another, you know, any other electronic I have, you know, my, my phone, or if I had a digital, an actual digital camera, I definitely wouldn't treat it like I treat my trail cameras. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That, that could be a good piece of advice, you know? Yeah. I've also, I've never had much issue with, uh my camera is breaking because because of what I think is damage like that. You know, it could yeah. be that's what's causing the break, but. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I've, I've never, you know, this is very anecdotal, but my experience, like I still have the first camera I ever bought and it still works and I still use it. Now I don't, use like I don't use my cameras near as much as Jacob does. I mean, there's some years, you know, I've got, I don't know what, four cameras here or something. And there's some years where I only use one or two and the other, the other one or two don't get used at all, you know? So that kind of gives you a little level of like usage. Um, but avoiding the hot and cold and not banging them around, I, you know, I've, you know, knock on wood <laughs> have yet to lose a camera. So, but whether yeah. that's something I'm doing or just the lack of, you know, the, the not using them as much as, as other people, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my, my first trail camera was like an actual flash bulb camera. 
Oh yeah, I don't still, have one that old. Right. It's still functional, but I don't use it. I yeah. mean, it's basically a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um and then try hang and on to it. It'll be a collector's item someday. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> my my thing is I got a lot of trail cameras that only I know how to use. You know, they're finicky. Like, they're basically broken, but I can get them to work. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, with, with you know, we both talked about needing to get trail or wanting to get trail cameras out here soon what are you this time of year we're in august now uh, what what if any intel are you trying to gain from that information or or i guess what's your strategy or what's your reasoning for putting cameras out this time of year i mean this time of year i'm more just trying to, to see what trails the deer are using mm-hmm. i mean trying to get set up for you know the that early season hunting you know because the a lot of times the bucks that are around now basically if if you're not catching them within the first week of season they're changing their pattern and you'll never see them again really right. You know, you got to, so, you know, if I, if I find a trail that, a a good buck's using, um, great, but really I'm just trying to, to see like what trails are the deer using, you know, how are they accessing the fields or whatever, the food sources, the bedding areas, you know, how are they accessing it? and what generally is their pattern you know are they using this trail in the morning are they using this trail in the evening gotcha yeah i uh, for me you know honestly this time of year i feel like especially if you're hunting over crops or close to crops, a lot of that intel changes pretty dramatically once either the crops come out or the beans start to yellow. And so, you know, for me, a lot of this intel is maybe maybe some intel on like what's in the area, but I, I think a lot of it for me, if I'm if I'm really being honest with myself is more just entertainment purposes. You know, it just gets me fired up for, (laughs) for deer season. And I just like looking at the pictures and seeing, seeing what's around. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any, I guess maybe down at the cabin if, if we really wanted to, uh, what I was going to say is I don't have any properties that are big enough per se that, you know, a deer that I get on a summer range is likely to still be where I can hunt them on a fall winter range. But, uh, I still just like getting the camera out and, you know, seeing what's, seeing what's out there. Yeah. Usually I get the, the big bucks that come around my property are around early you know if if you catch them the first couple you know the first week i would say of bow season they might still be around and then they tend to come back in winter Um, okay when it gets really cold they come back um and i don't necessarily know why that is you know why they summer range here and then come back in the extremely cold weather yeah um 
and it could just be a food thing. You know, they have plenty of food now. They go to a fall range, you know, and then when that area kind of runs out of food, they come back and, you know, basically wherever there's food, they're kind of coming back to. So if, if I have corn out, they're fine with stopping by. Right. You know, but by that time, they're they're usually pretty smart. They are on really weird patterns. You know, they'll come by at, I don't know, 1030 in the morning or, you know, I don't know, 230 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Just times where. Uh, basically they're the only deer walking through the woods. Gotcha. You know, like uh, if you're not hunting them specifically, you're not seeing any deer. (laughs) So, you know, you talking about times, it it just reminded me of, of dad and never, never really knowing when the picture was taken because he never takes the time to set his, time and date uh-huh. on his ca- <laughs> on his camera he just yeah and i think we've talked about this before but like he doesn't care he goes out there checks his camera it, you know sometimes once a day right yeah a lot of times now when when it gets closer to season he's checking it like every day and uh He's so silly because he'll check his camera like, I don't know, pretty much peak hunting time in the morning or in the afternoon. You know, and yeah. if if the deer aren't on his trail camera, those deer don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, nope, no deer on the trail camera. They don't exist. Yeah. And it's like you realize that they could be walking like, you know, 10 feet that way and you'd have no clue. Yeah. You know, like deer could be coming and eating the corn you're putting out and still you wouldn't see him on this trail camera. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, he's just, it's just a, di- I think a difference between, you know, at home and having access to it and the cat, you know, cause he, at the cabin, he doesn't, he's got not really got much. He did put a camera out last year, but you know, for the most part, not real interested in running a camera at the cabin. He'll just go, you know, doesn't, I mean, he's hunted there forever. Right. So he, he just sort of knows, but he'll just go right. pick a spot, you know, and, Whereas home, it's like he's checking his camera every day. No pictures. Nah, not even going to bother. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I'm, I guess, uh, not to derail us too bad from our strategy, but that is another aspect of trail cameras that we've talked about is like, they're a great tool, but they can also, you know, they can also kind of take away from, I'll say maybe the the mystery, you know, like prior to having cameras, you go go out and hunt, and for all you know, the biggest deer of your life is going to walk out, or you know, ten minutes after you sit down, there's going to here comes a deer or whatever, you know. But if you're, you know, let's say for example, down at the cabin, we don't get down there that often. You've had a camera out. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go hunt up by, you know, that trail that I put the, you know, the camera on. And you get there and you pull the card and, you you know, you sit down to hunt. You start looking through the pictures and it's like, and there hasn't been a deer on this camera in the past week. Why am I wasting my time? Which, like, to your point, you know, maybe it's a waste of time. Maybe it's not. Maybe they've just been walking a slightly different trail. Right. But you sit there now, like, kind of ticked off, maybe maybe not ticked off, but, like, frustrated, like, oh, what do I do? Should I sit here? I thought this was a good spot, but I'm not getting pictures. Should I, you know, like, should I go stomping through the woods and try to find a different spot? You know, whereas without the knowledge or without those 
pictures, you just sat there excited, anticipating a deer to step out, you know? Right. If you're looking for some new shirts or sweatshirts for the fall, go to ohiohuntsman.com slash apparel and browse around and see what we have to offer. We're going to be spending a fair bit of time here over the next couple weeks adding designs to our our shirt inventory. So hopefully there's something cool in there that, uh, that piques your interest. We're going to try and do Ohio-specific designs, so... Check it out again, ohiohuntsman.com slash apparel and see what we have. We're going to have men's sizes, women's sizes, lots of stuff to choose from. So check that out. And uh, if you have any ideas for a shirt that you'd like to see, shoot us a message. We'd be, we'd be happy to try and put something together for you. If you're looking for deer scent for the fall, check out mastinsdeersense.com. Mastins is a deer scent company. They're also a predator scent company, and they've got everything you need for scent, whether it's something that you want to use for hunting or for getting deer in front of your trail cameras or for setting up your mock scrapes. They've got what you need. So check them out, mastinsdeersense.com. Browse around, check their prices out, which, which are always very good, very competitive prices and it's a it's a really high quality scent product so again mastinsdeersense.com i guess the things i have to say about that is i've had my camera fool me more times than it's actually given me you know the accurate information like oh hey i have deer coming you know like right at five o'clock every night so i just need to be out to my tree stand by five and then they'll come mm-hmm. you know i've i've had more surprise deer show up than what the trail camera actually tells me right you know more times than not i've you know it's like oh the you know uh, the deer don't come till five and i go out to my tree stand at three and at three fifteen, i have you know, a deer walking by or, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have any bucks on this camera. I'm just going to go out and hunt does because does are using this trail every day. And then a buck walks past and it's like, how, you know, but the buck, the buck walks like up to the tree. I have the camera on and then veers off around it. Right. Yeah. You know, because that's one thing I haven't mastered is the smart deer. No, like they get caught on your your camera once or twice and then they they know it's there and they are cautious. You know, they might not avoid it, but they they know that that thing is odd and you know they don't really like it so what do you what do you think that is do you think that has to do with like the flash do you think it has to do with the human scent associated with the camera i i mean definitely the scent the human scent associated with it because that's one thing i I struggle to avoid is when I put out a new trail camera, you know, if you put out a new trail camera and you have deer walking up to it and sniffing it, like putting their nose right up to it, you did something wrong. And I, I struggle to avoid that. I, you know, I can try to make that camera as scent free as possible. And I still get deer, you know, walking up to it and sniffing it yeah you know what's this new thing so yeah that's a good point because i i you know i've of course gotten the pictures of the you know the deer with their nose up to the camera you know it's i don't have any of the like the blackout flash you know the total ir or whatever 
like the blackout flash. I don't have any cameras like that. I have the like the red bulb flash. And I don't know right. what the technical names of that are, but I've got the, you know, the flash that we see as red. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I certainly get pictures of deer looking at the camera. You know, I, you know, I don't know what they're seeing. But there's also typically like an audible click right. a lot of times with a trail camera. So it could be the flash, could be the click, who knows. But, I, you know, I certainly have pictures of deer looking at it. I I have never done anything to mitigate scent on a, on a trail camera. Just because, I mean, to your point, Jeff, I don't know that there's anything you can do unless, you know, I don't know, you kept your cameras in a, plastic bag and always wore rubber gloves and you know I don't know just feels like you're gonna the minute you touch them I don't think any of the scent killer sprays are you know do enough to fool a deer's nose yeah in my opinion I mean I think the best thing you can do to mitigate scent if you will is uh put it on a tree and leave it alone. Yeah. You know, leave it alone. And when you do touch it, it's like pop it open, switch out the SD card and shut it back up. You know, don't, don't mess with it. Yeah. You know, don't, don't try to change your angle a little bit or, you know, tinker. Which uh, with all these cameras that have the the built-in screen where you can review pictures, it's it's hard to not start thumbing through pictures, you know. But right. Yeah. To your yeah. point, keeping yeah. scent down is uh, if your if your goal is to keep the scent down, yeah, fiddling with yeah. it as little as possible is probably a good probably a good tip. Yeah, and I've also, I mean, I've had my trail camera. 100% spooked deer before. You know, in, in what regard? Like they get to it and it does something, whether it's the infrared turning on or it's that audible click. And, you know, they hear that and run. You know, usually they only run you know, 10 yards or something, but they, they run and then stop. And it's like, what was that? Right. I mean, with the old flash one, cause I, I had been out hunting before when that old flash one would go off. And I mean, that thing would terrify the, you know, the deer would, <laughs> they'd run off because it would, you know, it was a flash ball. It flash. And then it like, had a re like that flash need the recharge or whatever. Oh, so like there was like a, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a, like a uh, high pitch whine kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you ever had a disposable camera that you yeah. had to charge, which I mean, that's probably even aging myself there, but yeah, a disposable camera that you had to charge a flash on where it's like yeah. that high pitch, yeah. You know, wind up. Yep. But, uh, I don't know. That thing was, I don't know. Good at fun. scaring deer. Yeah, it was good at scaring deer. Um, but, you know, back in those days, that was pretty high tech. You know, I could put a trail camera out. I can get pictures of deer and, you know, yeah, it was a a good experiment, I guess. So I guess to to get back kind of to our strategy and and you know ways we use cameras. Do you you know you said you have more than one or 
you've had instances where the camera has given given you I don't know that bad intel, but like you know, it's kind of messed you up more than it's helped you. Uh huh. Do you? So because of that, I guess, do you use your camera for like, yep, I should be hunting this day or no, you know, like, are you using it for that kind of information in season? Yes, um, but I just don't rely on it too much. You know, I try not to rely on it too much. Right. Because... It's, I mean, uh, you're going to catch deer on the camera, but I guess my, my thing is like, if it's rut and I'm getting a bunch of pictures of does, but not bucks, like I'm still going to hunt there because a lot of times the bucks are, you know, either they're chasing the does. So the does walk past. And in the delay, then the buck's coming through. Yeah, and you're just or, missing them. Right. Or the buck is running a different trail that, you know, they're kind of cutting their own path. They're not on the main uh, deer trail. Yeah. You know, they're walking their own path. Um. What I started doing last year um, that I'm going to experiment more with is I started putting uh, my trail cameras like up in trees and have them shoot down towards the ground. Okay. Um, Which, I mean, you don't get good photo. You know, you're not going to really be able to judge a buck off of it or anything. But, and it also really limits like your your field of view, like where it's actually looking at. But right, okay. You can basically take pictures of deer more or less undetected. You know, okay. like they're they're not <laughs> ever looking up at the camera. You know, so if you have one trail that you're trying not to disturb but you want a trail camera on. Now, how are you getting them up there? Are you just putting them up at, at the top of your arms reach or are you using something to get up the tree some? So what I, what I did last year is I had a tree come down that basically blocked off all the deer movement. Like, cause it, so there's a Creek, a tree came down right next to the creek which pushed the deer out further and then it was right where my tree stand was okay so like basically deer were using a they were forced to use a trail that was i don't know probably 15 yards from my tree stand like you know there's a basically like a 15 yard gap between the crown of this down tree and my tree stand. Okay. You know, so they're cutting right at the edge of that down tree. So what I did was climb my tree stand and there was a branch that kind of overhung that area. I put it down on that branch overlooking the ground. Gotcha. So the the deer would cross there and I'd catch a picture of them you know crossing through that opening and it you know i had a lot less well i had none no sign of the deer paying any attention to it okay you know they didn't seem to be at all disturbed by the the camera taking a picture from above gotcha so. Yeah, I guess the reason I ask is, you know, if I if I think back and kind of look at my trail camera usage and, and like I said, you know, uh, that caveat in the beginning of the, the episode, I don't I don't use my cameras as heavily as some people do. 
But a lot of what I will do is kind of you, especially if it's a, now it's different, you know, if you're, if you're hunting public land and trying to get intel that way, but if it's a property that you you plan to hunt again, you know, you've got, it's your own property or, or it's a, you know, property that you know you're going to have permission on again next year. A lot of times I use mine sort of retroactively and just kind of use them to get a sense of like, when is daytime buck movement peaking for the rut in this sort of micro ecosystem? You know, it's like, oh, wow, I got, you know, pretty consistently year after year, I get pictures of bucks on their feet during the day on, let's say, November 9th, you know, so like that November 7, 8, 9, 10, I should be hunting this property. Whereas, you know, another property in a different part of the state, you know, it might be more like 10, 11, 12 or, you know, a, a slight shift in when I, when I seem to be getting daytime pictures on that property. Right. And also, you know, you can kind of, I don't know, I'll say get a sense of how movement shifts around a property throughout the season, you know, as, as food sources change, as hunting pressure ramps up and down, you know, it's like, wow, this camera went dead for not dead batteries dead, but like I got no pictures for like two weeks, uh, you know, and then things pick back up with relatively consistent photos or, you know, I was getting buck pictures and then, you know, for whatever reason, this time of year, you know, and, and based on the time of year, you can make some, some educated guesses on what's causing that, but you can kind of get a sense of this is a good time of year for this property. This is a slow time of year or, you know, things are shifting or, you know, I, right. I, I don't often use them for for like in-season intel, if you will. Now, that's not to say if I have a camera out, I'm going to ignore it when I go in to hunt. A lot of times I'll use that opportunity to pull the camera and, it, you know, it gives me something to do while I'm sitting in the stand. But I, I've sort of made it a, a conscious effort not to allow the the abundance of pictures or you know more likely the lack of pictures to try to def- deter me or sort of take the wind out of my sails for a hunt mm-hmm. there are some you know i can think of some instances where like if if you've got it on some sort of a uh, i'm thinking of a property that that like there's a funnel that kind of runs down the side of their property and you know, there's a spot there where you can hunt, but let's say I had a camera out there and I was planning to go to that spot to hunt and I get there and I look at the pictures and there's not been any movement through there. Like they kind of have to go through there to be on this property where I can hunt. Uh, Otherwise there, you know, there's, it's, it's, so thick they can't get through the other area or they're going to go out through the open area that is not the property that I have permission to hunt. You know, if I, if I can kind of paint that picture, that would be an instance where it's like, yeah, okay, they're not coming through here that, you know, I need to move to a different spot that I didn't plan on hunting because they're just not using this funnel. And if, if they are like, if they were coming through here, my camera would get a picture of them. If let me let me rephrase that. If they were coming through here in an area where I can hunt them, shoot them, my camera would get a picture of them. I'm not getting pictures, so I need to either back out and go to a different part that I've already walked through or walk through this funnel and you know, hunt on the other side of it. 
So there are instances like that, but a lot of times, I don't know, a lot of times in season, I, I just, I don't want to say ignore my cameras, but I, I, I don't use them for like day of the hunt intel typically. Yeah. Where I've found trail cameras are uh, especially ineffective is for gun hunting. Like the deer change their patterns basically as soon as gun season comes in. So any intel you got beforehand is usually now garbage. Okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. And also like I can see a pretty long way with a gun. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. the deer doesn't need to walk on this specific trail or that specific trail. Like they just need to come in this zone, if you will. Right. So yeah, you can you can you can miss a lot on a trail camera when it comes to trying to gain intel about you know, if you're looking to gain intel on like where to sit, uh, right? On you know to set up for a a gun hunt, right? To your point, right there, you can see and shoot a lot farther than a trail camera can see and shoot. Now, what you could do, you know, as I'm thinking about that, a lot of it depends on your property. It's hard to give like blanket advice on that, but you you know, you could kind of say. Uh, you know, assuming Jeff to your other point about like things change as soon as gun season opens up. But, you know, if you had a property that, you know, it was big enough, you can control the pressure on that property. Things maybe shift a little bit, but not super dramatically. You know, you could kind of say like, yeah, they've been using this field or there I, I get pictures of deer coming into this hollow or you know pictures of deer coming onto this oak flat i don't need to sit by my camera i just need to be somewhere where i can shoot this oak flat or shoot this field right or this end of this field sort of thing like i said it, it's it's very situation specific but you, 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 I could, I can imagine a scenario where you could gain some, uh, you know, some effective intel on, for something like that. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying that they're completely ineffective for gun season, just that they, uh, I don't know, it's they're they're a lot less useful during gun season. Yeah. it seems. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a lot better at catching trespassers than they are catching, you know, valuable deer intel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you use your cameras for shed hunting at all? Uh, sort of. I mean, just for evidence of the fact that the deer, at least in my area hold their antlers like way longer than it seems in other areas of the state. You know, so yeah, I mean, like, you've gotten pictures of deer way late. Yeah. Yeah. Regularly. Numbers. Yeah. Get deer, you know, late, uh, April. Yeah. You know, um, and so that's, Probably about the extent of that. I I do pretty regularly use my trail cameras for turkey hunting. Okay. I you know I set them up in areas where I think turkey might be, um, areas with turkey sign, and see what's there. See how it's shaping out and sometimes i mean i i think the intel you get on from trail cameras turkey hunting is way more valuable than deer i mean if you catch 
a turkey on a, a tom on like this is his pattern there's very little that will throw him off that pattern you know if he's coming off the roost and he's walking this trail to this field that he's gonna strut in like you know you have it he's gonna do the same thing tomorrow and you just set up on that trail and you know it's practically shooting fish in a barrel so in those instances do you even do any calling or do you, you just basically hunt them like you would deer hunt you just ambush well see this is where i've determined that i'm a really bad turkey caller because it seems like i mean even if well especially with a lot of calling sometimes i'll do a little bit of calling but it seems like me calling changes their pattern more and they don't do what they've typically done okay you know if i'm calling they think oh well i don't even need to go strut today i'm just gonna stay you know come off the roost and stay here or potentially my calls echoing make him think that the the hen's in a different area so then he goes a different direction you know so i usually try if i know that that tom's gonna come this way i call very little okay you know it's just little clucks like you know just a little bit of calling just a more of a confidence call if you will like yeah it sounds like there's turkeys over there there's you know if there's if there's turkeys over there that means there's no predators so i'm gotcha. good to go so what about waterfowl? Have you used cameras for waterfowl at all yet? Um, unintentionally, yes. Um, I plan to to use them a little bit more this upcoming season. Um, but I had a situation where I was putting corn on like a, a bank and uh, it was like late, late winter. I was putting corn right on the bank. Well, spring came and the, you know, basically I was catching a lot of ducks and geese on the camera instead of the deer anymore. Okay. And it's like, I had no idea that ducks and geese were even using this you know this area like i had right. never seen them there so it was valuable information in that way yeah I, I was thinking you know i don't know i don't know enough about waterfowl to know like what triggers the migration and and things like that and i i know there's weather can you know really have them flying one day and not the next day or, you know, but I'm wondering if you could, you know, sort of like I was mentioning before, almost retroactively get a sense of like, these are good time, you know, good times of year to be hunting because, you know, regardless of me being there trying to call ducks or geese to this pond, this whatever, they're there on their own this time of year. So, you know, that's when I should plan to, to hunt, if you will. And maybe, the, right. you know, maybe those days shift a day or two, you know, three, four days, depending on weather that time of year, year to year. But maybe yeah, there's something I mean, there. I, I think they'd be a good tool for like, uh, timber ponds you know like set them up on them and then you can kind of then determine like okay well ducks actually use this one and they don't use that one right you know without having to actually go and basically try it you know 
go and try to hunt there and see what what shows up. Gotcha. You know, you can put a, a camera there and say, oh, well, the ducks actually use this one. You know, they're coming in and landing in this pond where that other one, they're, they're not. You know, especially with ones that are a little bit of a hike to get to, you know, that's kind of all the easy areas to hunt on public land, you know, get a lot of pressure. So if you're kind of trying to find a little honey hole on public land, you know, that you're hiking to, you know, it might be nice to set some trail cameras up on a couple different ponds and then you kind of can find out like, okay, this is the one that they use. The other ones aren't getting used right, or yeah. even like, oh, hey, someone else is hunting this one. Like, you know, I caught other hunters on camera or there's decoys in, in my, on my camera now. So maybe I'll avoid that one because someone else hunts that one. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I mean, we've covered strategy using cameras for turkeys and waterfowl and how to, you know, kind of camera, uh, camera maintenance. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, not using them in the heat of the summer or the, the dead of the winter or yeah another strategy i'm going to use on uh public land here in the future um is using my cameras to inventory the amount of hunters that are going into an area and like when they went in okay you know just uh which i'm sure is gonna make some people angry and i probably will get my cameras messed with but you know we hunt a lot of public land where there's really only one way to get in yeah like this is the path that everyone uses to get there so my plan is to put cameras on those paths and then i can you know get out of the truck in the morning and look like you know go down for a weekend get out of the truck the morning of the day I want to hunt, pull that card and say, okay, yeah, no one's been up here for two, three weeks. Like I'm going to go hunt or, oh, hey, someone just hunted this yesterday. I'm not going to go up there. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I have that strategy. I'll, we'll see how that, that goes, but I think it's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can pull that off without getting your camera stolen, I think that's a a great yeah. use for trail cameras. You know, maybe that's a scenario where you get them up high. You know, you get a right. maybe you get a climbing stick or something, and you know, use one stick to get them up. You know, ten feet up in the air or something. Yeah. Or maybe but, I'll put them on the parking lot to you know the place where people park. So that I can inventory, you know, if there's a truck there or not. Because I don't think people will be paying too much attention there. Especially if I put it up, you know, like kind of up on the hill. I could angle it down and see what cars are parking there. Yeah. Probably catch people doing other nefarious activities, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because. Seems like people like to do a lot of things in those pull-offs. Yeah. But. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? I don't think so. I think that's uh, basically all of my knowledge of uh, trail camera strategies and some some tips and tricks that I might try. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a good conversation. And, uh, yeah, let us know if there's something that, uh, you know, you folks out there do or, you know, maybe some little tip that, uh, that you use that's been successful for you with, with regards to trail cameras, you know, anything we talked about, how to keep them running, 
how to set them up so the deer don't notice them, you know, using them for things other than getting pictures of deer and turkeys, anything like that. So let us know. All right. That's it for this week. Hopefully there was some, something interesting in there, something helpful. And I think that's going to be it for this week. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging and following us on social media. And with that, we'll shut it off and we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.